0: Kyrgyzstan Liberated, the provincial capital in southern Ukraine, captured by the Russians in the first few weeks of the war. World Magazine reporting the city has no electricity, water, heat. Yet one resident saying, but we have no Russians, and I'm very happy. This past Friday, women were standing by the roadsides, holding flowers, offering hugs and kisses to special Ukrainian forces retaking the major city as Russian troops withdrew. It is, of course, a major defeat for Russia, which only recently announced permanent annexation and claimed this is what local citizens preferred. You can tell that wasn't true with Ukrainian flags waving everywhere as they celebrated their rescue. We live in mixed-up times. But the Lord is still in the business of rescuing us, and that's his specialty. I think it's time that Christians everywhere remind ourselves that Jesus is our champion. Trust in him by faith alone. He's our hope for today and for all eternity. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series that we're continuing this week called Our Pilgrim Life. It's hard to believe we're halfway through November, Fall colors are beginning to be a thing of the past, and some places are already getting snow. It reminds me of how different people love seasons, but not others. Are you a summer person? Are you a winter person? Do you prefer the fall or the spring? I know some people who say they could never live in a warm climate, others who start shivering when they think just about the first snowflakes to fall. But no matter what we think about the seasons, when they pass we know that we've spent more time on this earth more time as exiles and pilgrims waiting for our true final home and that's what we've been thinking about on haven today in our series called our pilgrim life in a moment we're going to think more about what it means to be an exile in this world and we'll consider what it means to be in the world but not of the world what does that mean is that even possible so why don't you stay with me the last week and a half, we've been hearing from Tyler Van Haltern, who has written the storybook interpretation of Pilgrim's Progress, called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part One, and now Part Two. I asked him to explain to us the difference between the first book that Bunyan
1: wrote compared to his lesser-known sequel. In Part One, Christian was sort of a, a solitary pilgrim on his journey. He had friends that came along the way, but he was pushing through much of the time on his own. But in part two, there's more of a group effort. There's a man named Greatheart who comes along, another named Standfast, who are just fantastic examples of the Christian life, of discipleship, of helping someone along to the celestial city. And another thing he did was show that the weak and the hurting and those who found it difficult to be a pilgrim were welcome in the kingdom, that they could join in the pilgrimage. So there's a man named Feeblemind and Ready to Halt who are struggling, but longing and desiring. There's another man named Little Faith, but they're still on the journey. They're still on the path, even though they're not, in a sense, as brave or as valiant as Christian may have been. After the program, I want to
0: share the boxed set that Tyler has created, featuring the storybooks based on Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part 1 and the brand new Part 2. And if you got part one from us last year, you can just ask for part two. But the box set is so well done. Hardback, gold foil stamping, brilliant illustrations, all in a keepsake slipcase. Young and old will treasure this set as we follow Jesus. Why don't you call us after the program? Call eight hundred sixty-five haven That's eight hundred sixty-five 65 haven Or go online and watch that video that Tyler and I shot in England as we walked in Bunyan's footsteps. Listen to the full interview on our Great Stories podcast. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you get the box set for Christmas, shipping is free, and we will include a free code to download the audio versions of the books as well. And now, let's get the program started. Here's Bethany Bernard.
2: My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly.
0: For a song, My Worth Is Not in What I Own. How true that title is. Bethany Bernard opening a haven today called Our Little Pilgrim. And I'm Charles Morris. And on this time together, I want to talk to you about something I think is very important. I guess that isn't an unusual thing. After all, here on the program, we love to share the great story that's all about Jesus. But I think what we're considering today is especially important. We're talking about being in the world, but not of the world. And I wonder if there has ever been a time in the history of the church where the temptation to be of the world has been greater. We are more connected to each other than ever before. And the views and values of the unbelieving world come right into our homes more easily on a daily basis, we're living in this world, of course. There are many things we like about this world, and not everything about the world is bad. But we read about being not of the world in the book of First Peter. And the apostle means something very specific. The world is the belief and sin we find on this fallen planet. It is the system that has set itself up against God. And, you know, we are immersed in our modern culture in many ways. Too many ways, I might say. There are some things we can't escape. So how do we remain unstained? Is this even possible, living in our day and age? Well, I think there are three things to think about here. And I got these from my friend Tyler Van Haldren. He preached through First Peter a while back, and, and he saw how John Bunyan took some of the ideas in this epistle and included them in Pilgrim's Progress. We hear this in part two of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey.
3: As they prayed, they heard a knock at their door. It was Evangelist. He said to the children, The king calls you to come to the celestial city this very day. You must join Christian and all the king's people in the place where the sun never sets, where happiness never ends, and where no more tears are shed. Oh, how I wish that was true, Christiana said. But how can I know the king will accept me? Evangelist pulled a letter from his pocket. The king knew it would be hard for you to believe, so he sent this letter. THE LETTER SMELLED SWEETER THAN A FIELD FULL OF FLOWERS. CHRISTIANA READ THESE WORDS IN GOLDEN INK. MY CHILD, I HAVE LOVED YOU WITH AN EVERLASTING LOVE. COME DWELL IN MY CITY, EAT AT MY TABLE, AND LIVE WITH MY PEOPLE for ever AND EVER. OH, WOULD YOU TAKE US THERE? CHRISTIANA SAID. IT'S NOT AN EASY PATH TO THE KING'S CITY. IT IS A DIFFICULT PATH. "'Evangelist said, "'but the bitter must come before the sweet.' "'Evangelist told them, "'You must take the path your brother took. "'Follow the light all the way to the narrow gate. "'Many of the king's servants are ready to help you along your journey.' "'Evangelist remembered Christian's journey "'and all the difficulties he faced. "'He knew the trials that these young ones must face. "'He cried.' but his tears were mixed with joy, for he also knew the great happiness that lay ahead of them. That morning in the city of destruction was unusually bright and beautiful as Christiana and her brothers left their home. They left everything behind to follow the king's path.
0: A scene shared for us from Little Pilgrim's Big Journey Part 2, a storybook adapted from the sequel written by John Bunyan to his Pilgrim's Progress. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And First Peter is part of a letter the king has given to us. It is his word. And it assures us that we can continue as pilgrims on this earth. But if we're going to be in this world, but not of this world, we need to remember these three things. And the first might seem very simple. We need to think about the grace of the Lord. We so often twist and distort God's grace. I can't speak for you, but I'm tempted in a couple of ways. Either I want to think that I need to earn God's grace, or I think that since I have God's grace, I can do whatever I want. And both are wrong, of course. Grace is a total gift. It is not earned. And grace is not a license to sin either. Peter reminds us of the correct view of grace in his first letter, chapter 1. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober... Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We have a therefore here in this passage. Now, you've probably heard this saying before, and I've used it. I realize it's a bit corny, but when you and I are reading the Bible, one important question to ask is this What is therefore there for? (laughs) Well, Peter just reminded his flock of the grace they have in Jesus Christ, the gospel of salvation. And because this is true, they are to love in a certain way. Don't you see how this corrects both of the anti-grace temptations? We have received grace. Therefore, we live by grace in a different way. That's the order. And the order is important. We get this backwards too often, don't we? Maybe you live in a sense of defeat and worthlessness because you have not grasped this truth. If we mess up the order, we live in a constant state of fear and will not live the fruitful and joyful lives the Lord desires of us. We respond to grace. We don't earn grace. And Peter also confronted the second temptation. God's grace gives us a license to sin. But that is not what the apostle told us. No, since we have received grace, we're supposed to live by grace. We've been given life, so now we're supposed to live. This phrase in First Peter is literally girding your minds for action. It was what they said in those days when they were ready to go on a journey, a pilgrimage. They made sure their robes weren't going to be in the way as they started out on their walk. And this is God's grace, and we need to understand it correctly if we're going to live, not of this world. But there's a second thing we need to do. We have to think about God differently than the world thinks of him. Peter told us, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy. What are some common ideas about God in this world? Well, we hear that God is love. He accepts all without any wrath. Or some people say that he's an ogre in the sky. So if we don't do our quiet time, God is going to be mad and judge us. But I think the most common worldly view of God today is that he really is not in charge. And that we answer only to ourselves but that's not the biblical view the lord is holy he is righteous and just he cannot just wink at sin and ignore it and turn the other way but he isn't an ogre either he has given us grace grace that we could have never imagined he sent christ jesus as our savior and lord and because of that we're not our own his grace motivates us to obey him As father and king. In other words, you have been freed from slavery to sin, so control your desires. Don't let your desires control you. Then Peter goes on Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners, here in reverent fear. What do we mean when we talk about fear of man? It is a love for their approval that leads us to a fear of their disapproval. So reverent fear really is a high view of God's greatness, having a bigger view of God than of others, caring most deeply what God thinks instead of what man thinks. Because we love him, because he saves us, this is who God is. And we have to think about him in this way if we're going to be in the world, but not of the world. And there's one last thing we have to do. We have to have a biblical view of the gospel. Listen to Peter again. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He has chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed. In these last times, for your sake. Through Him, you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him, and so your faith and hope are in God. The more you forget about yourself, and the more you become absorbed in the gospel, the more you will be catapulted into action. You know, throughout church history, people have said that you cannot keep reassuring people of God's love because then they will do whatever they want. But that isn't what Peter tells us. He tells us that only when we understand God's love for us in the gospel of Jesus will we have the right motivation to live as pilgrims on this earth. To do what John says in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So how do we combat this destructive love for the world? Well, with a greater love. And how do we find a greater love? A right view of grace, a right view of God, and a right view of the gospel. This is how we live in the world without being of the world. It all comes from God. It all comes from his grace, and it all comes from the gospel. Isn't that better?
4: Mountains made of solid gold Riches that could buy my dreams You are better than all these things The prettiest face
0: is called Better by Pat Barrett here on Haven Today, Our Pilgrim Life. I want to quickly mention that we have been so blessed to hear from so many people over the past week who've made a generous gift to our ministry and asked for the combination set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part 1 and Part 2. I started trying to read the original Bunyan story to my kids when they were young I really wish back then I had had this colorful storybook to help their imaginations come alive. And what I love is that this adaptation of the original epic tale, as well as the second book that's based on Bunyan's sequel, will help everyone who reads it, young and old alike, to know the story better and to encourage everyone to put their hope and trust in Christ today. And these hardback Cloth-covered, gold-foiled stamp books come in a keepsake slipcase. Now is the perfect time to make your gift and order this set from Haven Ministries, and we can get it to you or someone you love in time for Christmas with free shipping. And plus, there's something else we're going to be able to give you as well. This boxed set comes with a free code to download the audio versions of both books. And if you want us to send it directly to someone as a Christmas gift, just send us their name and a little note and their address, and we'll ship it for free ASAP. You just need to call us right now and ask for Little Pilgrims Big Journey 1 and 2, and make your gift to the ministry at 865 Haven. 865 Haven. Let us know how many sets you want when you call. Or go online and watch that video we shot in Bunyan's hometown in England and make your gift for those sets at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you already received part one from us last year, we have part two by itself. You just need to ask. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. They were doing well until they opened their mouths. Did that ever happen to you? Sometimes it seems like we're unable to say anything except the wrong thing. And often, the wrong thing is wrong. And that's how it was with Job's so-called friends. They did nothing but accuse him and talk about God as if he were cold and calculating. How did the Lord respond to them? My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. We all need a mediator and a sacrifice for our sin, a substitute. And that's exactly what we find in Jesus Christ. He's an even better mediator than Job. He's the only sacrifice we will ever need. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.